please, please, please don't, you know, destroy all of the opportunity because you're lazy. And that's what I find. You know, profit and you know is a is a by, as a natural byproduct of good estimating. The guys that don't make profit don't spend the time estimating. They're freaking lazy estimators. They don't pay attention to the detail. They think they can just hijack the systems and go around the gates. Dead sheep try and go around gates. How old are you going to be before you start to experience life like you want it? I want to tell you right now, whether you like it or not, there is a better way to do business. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Business for Builders uh, podcast. Uh, welcome to you if you're on YouTube or in YouTube land. Great to have you along. I really appreciate folks that actually sit down and, and have a watch. I've got to be honest, uh, you know, some time ago, a little while ago, since I come to this country, I would sit down and watch a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk videos. But more recently, uh, I catch uh, maybe one or two of his podcasts a week because it's just a bit more convenient. But if you're the type that needs to get some visual things going on, then um, I appreciate you sitting down and having a watch uh, whilst you chill out and have a, uh, a happy beverage, let's say. Um, righto, uh, all the book, all the uh, housework, housekeeping, like and subscribe, tick the bell. Leave us a comment uh, below. It'll hit my inbox. I will respond to that fairly promptly. I'm sort of getting my uh, poop in a group, you might say. Uh, so that's great to have you along. Be, be sure to get across to the Business for Builders VIP uh, private Facebook group. Um, you know, I'm putting a few bits and bobs up there just recently and uh, hoping to bring some value there as well as some uh, camaraderie and some collaboration, guys and girls. That's what it's all about. We don't want to be islands. Um, we want to make sure that if we need help, we've got somewhere to put our hand up. Uh, sure, if you want to get a hold of me on email, the best email to get me on now is max at elitebusinessadvisory.com. Um, that's actually, uh, for those that don't know, uh, I kicked off a uh, brand new business coaching business around about uh, yeah, 80 odd days ago. We're coming up to three months pretty shortly. So I'm um, really having a great time, uh, you know, jamming with a few guys and girls uh, all around the world, actually, North America, New Zealand and uh, Australia. So, uh, you know, it's really great. Matter of fact, I got hit up and uh, big, a big hit up to uh, Josh from the UK. He won't get this. Since we're at episode 153, uh, he uh, sent me a really uh, beautiful message uh, overnight and uh, he said he's watching. He's been watching them all and getting some value out of it, which is great. And he's up to episode 38. So he's, uh, he's a couple behind, but I'm sure he'll get to episode 153 where he'll get a mention. Also chatted with Blake out of uh, Toowoomba, place in Queensland in Australia. And, um, yeah, he's on his way trying to get his builder's license sorted out, and I look forward to uh, working with him uh, potentially as a business business coach. Um, you know, a little while from now, he's got to get a builder's license, which is going to take him a couple of years. So um, power on, Blake. Good to have a chat with you uh, last night, mate, while I was sipping on a whiskey uh, on the ice, uh, on the rocks. So, um, all right, let's get cracking. This is part four and the final part of How to Quote a Kitchen Reno. <sighs> I've got that right, haven't I? I think, oh, dude, let's say, you know, four sounds. I'm, I mean, I've got four written down here. So um, let's just go with four. And if there's not, there will be something up here or here that says he doesn't know what he's on about. Boom. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think last time, because last time was part three, which we were trying to wrap up, and then I just tacked on another one because I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's how, if we listen to the four episodes in a row, I think it would make sense, which is always a challenge when you are recording these a few days apart because you can kind of easily forget where you're up to. But lucky I have a pen and a post-it note, and that's how we roll here. Nice and uh, simple. Keep it simple, stupid. 
is what we used to say. So uh, part, part one's one, two, three. We talked about the first phone call. Um, we talked about the site visit. Um, what did I talk about in the last episode? Isn't that shocking? I, t- I talked about the phone call back then. I haven't got my notes, hey? Folks, you can fill me in. Send me an email, max at elitebusinessadvisory.com. Go, oi, dude, you, you're losing track. You're losing touch, which I do a little bit of. Um, but but essentially what I tried to do was really, um, you know, g- get amongst, um, you know, the whole process in nitty-gritty. You know, at some point, you know, and I've said this before, is that it's really difficult for me to essentially what I've been doing for the last couple of years is to coach, uh, you know, you guys individually because you and your business and your location and your opportunity is very much different. And so, you know, having a customized approach um, to helping you on the show um, is a little tricky. Uh, But the last three podcasts, um, you know, plus this one is where I've kind of tried to double down on some really good uh, micro information about what I would do and what I train my builders and my general contractors to do. So um, what I've got here is, um, previously, we talked about the QTS. I've even written the notes here. I'm, I'm actually better than what I give myself credit for. Uh, we talked about the quantity takeoff service, which is a takeoff service, which essentially is a design and quote phase. I think I talked about how to ask for the QTS or the, the takeoff phase and the design and, and quote phase. Um, and I, I talked about, um, you know, it uh, looks like they have got comms on the quote, so where you're communicating backwards and forwards with your suppliers. So that's a quick overview. Um, we're into part four of how to co- quote a kitchen reno. And right now, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to talk about the estimate build, um, how to propose or how to present the uh, quantity takeoff uh, estimate proposal. I've got a tick next to that. Maybe I've already done that. Exclude that. Uh, I'm going to talk about contract admin. So what we're going to go down is how to quickly build the estimate because um, – Profit is a natural byproduct of good estimating. If you're estimating as shit, if you're unable to build the project in your head, then your estimate building skills are going to need some work. Okay, so if you ever came on as a coach of mine, uh, sorry, if you ever came on as a client of mine in my coaching business in Elite Business Advisory, then I would ask you to show me or give me access to or email me a PDF or whatever it is and show me how you're building your estimates because I kind of want to see that. It's going to tell me a lot about how your mind works as it relates to breaking down a project into micro detail so that you do protect your best interests, i.e. profit margins in all of the projects that you do. So we're going to talk about estimate build, how we go about doing that, and the proposal to the clients and how we might go about that, and then also uh, just some basics around contract administration and and what we do. So uh, let's get cracking. Right, so we've been out on site. We've got an approval for the uh, quantity takeoff service, which is the design and uh, planning, uh, design and quoting stage. So hoo-ha, hoorah, that might be the first time you've ever been paid to uh, go after the design and quote phase. So, you know, that needs some congratulations um, because it's not easy to do that and demonstrating value is a, is a great idea, but, you know, easy to say, hard to do. Um, and so, you know, we want to focus on, you know, developing those techniques and skills. But let's say we've, we've achieved that, we've issued a, a design and uh, planning uh, you know, invoice and we've been paid for that in advance and uh, which is our quantity takeoff service that we offer. And now we're off to the races. We've communicated with our, you know, subcontractors and our suppliers and we've started to gather the data right now. It's up to us to really nail down in our system. Now, guys and girls, if you are doing quotes either on paper and or on a uh, an Excel spreadsheet, 
um, you need to really start thinking about, you know, going across to some software. So be sure, email me at max at elitebusinessadvisory.com and I might have a bit of a deal for you with, with, uh, with another uh, software provider that we are currently chatting with. So uh, it's a little bit tricky, so I've got to be a little bit more private about that at the moment. But I know, having spoken with some of my uh, business, uh, uh, my elite business clients, that they are enjoying the new software. So uh, don't delay, Max, at uh, elitebusinessadvisory.com, and I will point you in the right direction and give you the right recommendation. And so if you are going to move across to a better software or you're currently using a piece of software, then great. Now, going forward, right from this moment on, this is very a very individual and kind of very arbitrary. All I'm going to give you is my spin. I'm going to throw down, um, you know, I've not, I've not actually done a job as an estimator. I've never been employed as an estimator. I've done basics and estimating with master builders. But beyond that, it's all about, you know, what I've executed, you know, uh, in, a, in a company for real. So the way that I like to do, and yes, I'm a little old school, which, you know, makes me ill just thinking about it. Uh, but I'm, you know, I am 50. And so a lot of you young fellas and, and Sheila's chicks, uh, dudettes, you know, you're in a position where you're just starting out going, well, my whole life is filled with technology. Um, who would do it, you know, on a piece of paper? But I do recall my boss doing Timberless in written format on um, notebooks and that was photocopied and that was handed to me with uh, plans and blueprints. So there was a time. So, you know, what we really need to do is understand that, you know, um, I've shared this story before, but there was one guy, one moment in time where, you know, he told me he was quoting a million dollar home. I said, I don't even remember what his name is, Dave, Pete, whatever it's called. Um, How do you go about estimating? See, questions were the answers even for me back then even when I was green. And I said, how do you estimate, you know, and come up with a price? He says, I build it in my head. And that those words have stuck with me until this day. And so what you need to be able to do is, A, yeah, Max, I can build that in my head. But if you get freaking lazy and you don't pull out of your head and put in writing in that estimate, which may convert to a selection sheet, which we've talked about, I believe, um, then you are, you are shortcutting the program and the process and you are you are very moving very closely into a position where it is very treacherous because the idea of building it in micro detail in your head and then converting that into written format is what you're trying to remove is all of the gray area and all of the shadows and all of the unknown quantities and have it all nailed down. I would urge you at the front end of this uh, little chat that this is what has to happen if you want. Look, I get calls from my guys. And they're cap in hand, hand on heart, going, this is what's happened. Max, can you help me out? And I've had to give some counsel and some guidance. And we've con- you know, conversed about the situation. They're very grateful for that. But they just know, you know, hand on heart, that they will never do this again. Because they know that what I say in training is not because I've got nothing else to do, guys and girls. It's because it actually works. And it has a purpose. And so listen to me, please, clearly. That you need to not go, you know what, I'd almost 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 said, don't go crazy. No, go crazy in the detail. Absolutely go crazy. So when we're breaking things down, like I, you know, talked about a couple of episodes and feel free to email me and stick my nose in and go, Max, you said you were putting a selection sheet together. Where the hell is that? We are trying to come up with a interactive selection sheet on that's cloud-based for our clients to work with because currently, you know, the software that we use, which is BuildExact, um, we have to, we, there's no option, there's no way that we can build a selection sheet in there, especially one that can interact with the homeowner throughout the design and quote phase or the quantity takeoff service process. 
And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to work on something, you know, outside of that. So I got involved because I, I actually enjoy estimating. I really do love building it in my head, putting it down on paper, going through the, you know, pages and pages of data, making sure that every phase of play is handled. Now, what I did do is I just started doing a fairly crude, rudimentary uh, selection sheet on a Google sheet. And what's happened is every time I printed it out and started to red pen it, because folks, that's what I do. Just about everything that I do digitally on the screen, I will actually print out an old school red pen. And it comes from the days where I would go and do a site visit. I would give all the data and pictures to my uh, my draftsman, Grant. He would then send it back to me and always say to me, Max, red pen it. Let me know what needs to be changed or, or you know fixed or, or, or rectified or whatever. So that terminology is is very industry. Um, and so I like to see, and so what I was doing is I was putting the selection sheet together and I'd read through it and go, ah, you know what? We can't have a title page with rooms on it and then have a, a, you know, a spot up the top to put the room and then have all these selections, you know? And then I created an interior selection sheet and an exterior selection sheet. So now what I want to do is to break up all of those selections uh, interior-wise into the rooms and all the exterior into reno- into elevations and, and locations. So I've just bought myself another three hours work. And this is because I'm trying to do it with the frigging spreadsheet. And I am telling you folks, it doesn't work. It's frigging bullshit difficult. And if you find the right software, and ironically enough, our demands for efficiency and usability uh, and the UI, which is a user interface, um, and the UX, which is the user experience, we are always striving to, and we are demanding more from our software providers all the time. So this is why I say to you, this is what we're doing on the front end, you know, with a multi-million dollar business, with multiple stakeholders and operators in the Smith & Sons group, we are demanding at the highest level from our providers. And so this is where if you're an audience member of Business for Builders, or you're one of my elite business clients, you are actually going to get into that slipstream and benefit from all of this little bit of bullying that we have to do and the negotiating and the backwards and forwards and all that kind of crap that, honest to God, you just don't want to do and wouldn't do. Uh, You would just put up with it. But I'm telling we are really trying to make a difference. Side note, you know, this whole 50% of builders go out of business in the first five years. We must change that. Shout out to me, Guy Blake, like I did at the beginning of the show. They're making him do two years supervisory or superintendent position on payroll before they'll let him, as a prerequisite, before they'll let him get his builder's license. And so, you know, it's a pain in the ass because you just want to go and get your builder's license. But the reason that these authorities do that is to ensure that you've had a good experience around not just building, but business management, project management, financial management, human resource management, um, contract management, you know, all of those kinds of software management, all those things that actually, if you get all of those departments tickety-boo, as they would say in Canada, um, get it all up, you know, and running, your building company, A, will be profitable and B, will be a pleasure to run. So, you know, folks, that's where we're going, you know, going in a big way. So all of that to say this, right, practically, this is what I do. Now, um, I've had all kinds of, you know, guys that are full of piss and vinegar try and tell me otherwise, but I like the way that I do it and I'm heavily biased. 
But remember, I train as well for a living. I now coach for a living. And so what I like to do is work on technique first and you can develop the speed over time. You will not be speedy at the beginning when you're learning something new. It's just not the case, whether it's martial arts, whether it's kart racing, whether it's guitar, uh, you know, guitar playing, which I do all of. So it's like guys and girls, this is what it takes from a standpoint where I'm saying I'm starting you at level one and you can progress as quickly as you want because we all don't, we, none of us want to sit down at the computer for 10 hours if we could get it done in three hours. I understand, but we've got to have systems. And this way, if we do have systems and checklists, as it relates to actually, Dom, I might be able to put a estimating checklist. So if you want to flick me a text, estimating checklist. What I can do, folks, is I can give you a, an estimating checklist PDF, and it is very long-winded, and it's definitely designed more for new homes. But what it helps, it'll help you prompt, okay? And so this is where I'd go. I would have that estimating checklist in one hand or printed or, you know, out on my desk whilst I'm estimating. Hard copy, old school, get it. But what it does is it helps me build categories. Now, fast forward a little bit, you can have templates like we do have set up for a new home construction, right? But I want to teach you what's involved and what it takes to build a good template so you can build your template so you can actually expedite your estimating processes. Now, we used to have recipes and and uh, those kinds of things built into line items within the estimate. The problem is if you cock up those rest recipes and you're reliant on those and you don't know how to cross-check them because I just went and gave them to you, what happens is you will continually use those and if you're not back-costing and you can't identify where you're underestimating, then you'll continually lose money. So see why I'm saying we've got to go back to the granular micro and you start from the ground up. Now, if you've got a little bit of time under your belt, fine. Don't listen to me, just do what you do. But for those that are starting out, and I have a lot of young guys and gals say to me, hey, Max, what can you do to help me? Here, listen, don't try and be the fastest estimator on the first three jobs. Just take your time, build a very competent uh, estimate uh, program. And that's why I say good estimating produces good profit. You know, you've got to be able to build stuff efficiently as well. So what I do, I sit there and, and, and take note. I don't try and cr complete an estimate in one hour. Um, I know that there's certain franchised builders and general contractors in the world that can produce for you a, a fully blown uh, completed quote in an hour, but it's because there's a lot of predictability because it's new homes, and it's also they've built these homes dozens and dozens of times before, so their understanding of what the cost is to build. Now, none of them will hang their hat on and say the foundation is also included in that. There won't be because everyone's soil test will come up with a different um, you know, level of reactivity. Some is highly high reactive, some of them is low, low reactive, so it's all very different as it relates um, you know, to that. But um, for us, what I would do straight away is I would take my time and I would build it in my head. And I'm going, okay, let's, we'll talk about a kitchen. So here we go. This is me just shooting from the hip. So don't crucify me if I miss a few things. I'm going to have a drink of my sparkling water since I can't be drinking beer whilst I'm, you know, doing a podcast during office hours. That, on a Sunday, different story. Oh, that's not what I should be drinking during a show. Um, right, so kitchen. So what I immediately go to, and this is essentially what I would train the guys to, like I said, don't crucify me if I miss something, but I would go straight to, um, I would want to go site prep uh, because I believe that I need to understand 
What is included in the site prep? Well, let me quickly explain. I need to have site signage because in some municipalities and some governing authorities as it relates to the building industry, you've got to have a sign up and you've got to have your builder's license, uh, you know, in, in lettering that is minimum 50 millimetres or two inches. And that has to be shown. Then you've got to have, okay, what sort of safety uh, safety fencing, safety signage, safety fencing. Um, you've got to then also, sometimes you've got to have crossover gravel so you're not trucking dirt and filthy crap onto the road because then the city or the council is going to you know, burn you for that. Um, I've got to have a place to store my, my, my materials or my lumber or my wood or my timber. Uh, I've got to have a porta potty because that's always very much best practice. I don't want my guys pissing in the, the washrooms in a client's home. Um, what else am I going to, I've got to make sure overhead cables are all taken care of that I don't have a, you know, a, a boom off of a, uh, you know, a crane truck, take those out. Um, you know, do I have to look around the site and figure out that I've got to, you know, I've got to have some traffic control depending on which stage you play. Like all of these things have got to go into my site prep. That's just the first category. Now, if we're doing renos and we're doing a kitchen, okay, then there's, uh, there's demolition and dispose uh, debris disposal. So all of those bits and pieces have got to be included in there. Now, um, before demo, um, decommission and site prep. So in between site prep, um, uh, decommission, right, could be decommission and site prep. I'd, I'd split those site prep and then decommission and make safe. What I'm talking about is anything hydraulic, any uh, water and waste, any electrical, any, you know, um, irrigation systems, you know, the water supply from outside, make sure it's in a safe, make sure we're, we're, we're um, putting some notification around where the water meter is, uh, making sure the electrical underground has been noted. Of course, part of that is, um, shit, I think we, I don't know what they call it here, dole before you dig is what we'd call it in Australia, but it's now called call before you dig, I think, in Canada. Um, those sorts of things is the the de the, de uh, the decommission and, and make safe um, in opposed or in uh, further to the, the uh, site prep. And then we go into demolition and the debris disposal, everything that's down there. And then I might work into, okay, framing. And then I might work into um, electrical rough-in, plumbing rough-in. Then we might work into drywall. You get where I'm going, okay? And what I would do is I'm building categories, categories, categories. I'm not starting with site prep and then going to in all of those listed items, even though I outline what I would include. Um, what I would tend to do is go through and go site prep, uh, decommission to make safe, demolition, framing, um, uh, electrical rough-in, and I would split up. I don't go dump an electrical because there's at least three. There's there's the decom and make safe, which is separate. Then there's the rough-in. I do that separately. Uh, and then there's there's obviously the finishing you know side of things as well. And so it's same with the plumbing. I put those into different categories. Now, in some cases, you're going to have the room thing going on. So you might go, geez, do I break this up into rooms or do I break it up into stages? I tend to break it up into stages because to me, I'm going to then go and time out on my on my uh, estimate, and I'm going to go across to my Gantt chart and maybe start building a uh, you know a, a a frigging schedule. Get it out of my head. I'm going to go and build a. Uh, I'm going to develop a build schedule, and so those two things work hand in hand. And so you know, I, I think as you do that. What you'll find is that you'll 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 go and do the categories, and then you'll start filling in line items, and you go right. I'm filling the line. All the line items are in there, and I've got a price of you know 125 grand for this kitchen and main floor, or whatever the case may be. Um, and so you know that's what that's how I go about building it. And of course, now what I do is a hybrid between rates and quotes from suppliers and subtrades. Some subtrades I kind of know roughly what that scope of work is going to need. 
um, as far as cost goes and inclusions. But then there's some cases where I might have to approach a uh, subcontractor to get an actual price. Um, or I might be happy to run to a, you know, a final presentation uh, for a quote, you know, without getting a full number off my supplier, because I can either jump on website and get numbers, um, or I've got historical data, or I've got, you know, maybe templates in my uh, estimate that I can rely upon to be able to get me those prices. So that's pretty much how I go about building an estimate. And then it's just a matter of tweaking. Like I said, when you're 99% sure, none of us are 100% sure, but when you're 98% sure, print that sucker out. And now what I want you to do is present it to the client. Because now we never use the estimate to present to the client. But what I'm trying to do is tell the story about how you're going to build that job to the client and use your estimate, right, as the script, and what you'll find is you'll start picking holes in your estimate. Now, keep in mind too that as I build an estimate currently in the software that we have, we are able to tick an S box, which will throw some items into the specification. So if it's something that I need to uh, share with the client in great detail, which is anything with aesthetic value or anything that's going to mess up their life, um, you know, like when we go and do site prep or, and, you know, we're going to start doing the decommission and we're going to start doing the demolition, how much of the front yard are we going to mess up? Do we have to pull out uh, fence panels to get access? Do we gonna, are we going to wreck some grass? Do we have to put covering plywood over driveways? Like these are the things, the preparation. We need to, we really need to pay attention to the detail. We have to have that attitude because if you do not, that's bad estimating and bad estimating doesn't protect your profit. Good estimating produces a great result. So let's get after that. Right, so that's pretty much covered it. I build it in categories. I then build line items within the categories. I print shit out. I go over it and over it and over it. And then I, I sell it to the client off the back of that. I produce my specifications on the fly simultaneously. And, uh, and then when I arrive at that, you know, finish point where I go, right, I've got everything taken care of. I've looked at my estimating checklist. Um, I've got all of the components built in that I need. I'm, I'm reasonably happy. Now the price that you get, it's going to be one of two things. It might, you might think it's a bit lower, a bit high. You might want to try and cross check your price, whether, you know, there's some square meter rates, where there's some Google searches, you just, you know, maybe you can ring someone in, in your area that you, you know, you're on good terms with in the building game. You might even want to jump on business for builders, VIP Facebook group and go, Hey fellas, I'm in, you know, I'm in Arkansas in the States and I want to know whether or not a, a kitchen reno for 120 grand is, is about the money. Guys, that's what I'm talking about. Use the family, use the community, right? Okay, so um, now let's say we've got that price down and we've got the specifications and we've got the inclusions that are in our estimate, all the categories, all the line items, everything's ticked. I would always look at my estimate and look at the plans at the same time. Now, if you haven't got plans drawn up, it's kind of a little bit tricky. Uh, maybe the job's too small for plans, I understand. But if you can get, can get a set of drawings, even if it's a quickly drafted set, that the client should pay for even in the quote process. Um, if they haven't done so already, then um, you, you can you can really look at the plan, build it, you know, look at your estimate, make sure you've not left out categories and things like that. So right now we want to go and you know give that proposal uh, for the estimate to the clients. We've got to sit down. We don't we look if you've indicated to the client that it's going to be between eighty and one hundred and twenty grand, and and you're increasing your final proposal is one hundred and thirty five, hundred forty grand, and you're above your high mark then you have want to have communicated with the client along the way why that is the case. Maybe they ask you to include something. Maybe they want two ovens now, not one. 
right? You've got to make it clear to them on an email. It's like, Mr. and Mrs. Client, love to include that stove. There's going to be a change order for that. Just want to let you know, you know, when we go ahead, but just want to let you know that that's going to add another $5,000 to the price. Can you just give me a bit of a, uh, you know, response and let me know that you're okay, you understand all that, and we'll keep moving ahead. That, that avoids sticky shop because you can always fall back to that email, that, that correspondence that says, okay, this is why the price has jumped. Now, if you cannot, you run the risk of sticker shock. Then they won't trust you because you've set yourself up as an authority between 80 and 120, and now you're at 135 and you've got no justifiable reasons why it went over. That is a tricky spot to be, guys and girls. Please, please, please be more conservative. What I tend to do, just to sidetrack a little bit, is I would go to the clients, do a, do a meeting, get the data. I'd sit down using my estimate. I'd quickly build the categories, and I would quickly allocate costs for each category. I would come up with a number of, say, 90 grand or 100 grand, I would use that as my baseline. And then if I'm going to throw out a high, I'd add 40% onto it. So I'd go, right, I've done some pretty good quick calcs, 100 grand, and I'm going to go and present that to the client as the estimated price range, uh, the guesstimate, if you will, the high and low between 100 and 140. Now, if you go about your business and you come in at 135 because you went and you, you estimated conservatively that initial estimate high and low ballpark number, then you would have saved your ass and your credibility is still intact, guys and girls. So um, you've got to make sure that when you sit down with clients, you don't just rush to the final page and go, there you go, it's going to cost you 140 grand. No, because for them to make a decision on whether the price is right, you need to have demonstrated the value in the project. Make them understand how busy it is. And that's why if you go to head to head with one of my guys, my clients are going to see a proposal. The specification sheet will be 10 pages long. For this kitchen, there's like easily, easily 10 pages, probably more. And then there's the, you know, the building contract, which is separate to the proposal. But the specifications, the quote letter, the, you know, the, the pictures of all of the items within the specifications, it is going to be quite a long meeting. It's going to be a 60-minute meeting because in that, that's going to evoke more questions. Have your pen ready. There's going to be some changes you might need to run away and make. All of these sorts, because I'm telling you, at the end of this proposal, if everything is like, okay, we're inside of the budget. We've given them everything that we wanted in the proposal. You know where you're going right now? Guys and girls, ask for the business. So everything looks good. Are we, we ready to move forward? Because I really want to, you know, when I'm looking at my construction start schedule, guys and girls, write that down, make a mental note, send yourself a voice memo, a construction start schedule. This is how you put top of funnel in and you make people wait for the next project. You do not go and start 13 projects in one day. That's stupid. But guys do enough of starting on, you know, all projects at the same time. And then they wonder why their life is miserable. You've got to work out how many projects you can do in a year based on the contract values, based on the duration of those projects. And you go, right, I can only do four $150,000 projects. That means I'm a $600,000 a year business. That's it. That's all I can do. That's all I can handle. Now, what do I need in the way of infrastructure? Do I need an office nanny? Do I need a full-time carpenter? Like you can start to build. Guys, design your business. Don't just let it happen to you by default. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what my conversion rate is. Not good enough. Your business is happening by default, not by design. Grab it by the horns, guys and girls, and make it into the business that you want. Now, quick, another side note. It's got all these side notes going on. This is why I've started to offer coaching services because I sit here as a coach and I waffle on with you. We hit to the end of the episode. I'm like, right, go build a kick-ass business. And you get off this episode and go, crikey, where do I start? 
And that's what I'm talking about. I will give you everything I can here and now, but ideas are great, which is what this is. When I give you this garbage on a, you know, it's not garbage, but when I give you this insight on a podcast or on a, on a, on a, on a uh, YouTube video, it's an idea that you've just gotten. Now you've got to go and execute. And that takes some education, some ongoing education, some awareness to what's going on within those processes. And then, of course, accountability. Who better to be accountable to uh, than elite business coach Max? So, um, yeah, get amongst that. Go and check it out. Um, But you've got to be able to understand that, you know, what you're doing with the clients has to demonstrate value. So we've got to demonstrate value the whole, whole way through. When we kick off the business, we're in creation phase. When we're building the business, we're in chaos stage. When we when we get to control stage, we've got to continue to demonstrate the value. And so we've got to sit down and go through it. It's a very time consuming, but I'm telling you, if you've got them to the design and quote stage, the QTS stage, and you've you've exchanged some money there, you know, 500,000, 2,000, 3,000, whatever it is, and you've now got to a point where you're ready to present this proposal. Now, I would encourage you to bind it. Now, I don't have a bound uh, presentation here, but don't just staple it in the top left corner and flick the pages over. I want you to print it out nicely, 600 DPI. I want you to bind it. I want it to print, maybe not double page, so you can just flick through and make notes on maybe the opposite page. Go and spend some money on a binding tool and get the proper, you know, plastic or wire binders with the clear front sheet, with the cardboard back. It shows a level of professionalism that your competitors will not do because they just think it's not necessary because who needs that for a two-page presentation? That's where we win because all of a sudden they look at the work. Now, remember, they paid you a 500, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 to do this whole design and quote phase. It's better that you've got a 17-page document or a 27-page document as opposed to a two-page document because they're like, uh, why did I just spend $1,000 on a two-page doc? What's that about? Right, that's called demonstrating value. Please, please, please don't you know destroy all of the opportunity because you're lazy. And that's what I find. You know, profit and you know is a is a by, as a natural byproduct of good estimating. The guys that don't make profit don't spend the time estimating. They're freaking lazy estimators. They don't pay attention to the detail. They think they can just hijack the systems and go around the gates. Dead sheep try and go around gates. Okay, so please pay attention to the detail. It will serve you better in the long run if you do the work up front. I tell my kids, work first. Play second. I've got no problems with you playing, but you're going to do some work first. You're going to get it done. Prioritize. Create that triage, right? Make sure you understand what you're going to do. Now, really quick, just to round up, um, of course, I've not been going 20 minutes, um, you know, is the contract. Guys and girls, go to the Law Depot. It's a place you can use for a service contract, if you will. I would advise you, if you've got nothing, use that, right? It's very folly, you know, it costs like, you know, it costs you 120 or 150 bucks a year. It's ridiculous. Um but just what I would encourage you to do is actually go to your, your legal counsel or your lawyer and find someone. It'll probably, it cost me 2,700 bucks Canadian, okay? So jump, chuck that into a, you know, a currency converter and figure out what that's costing you in your neck of the woods. But I'm telling you, it's it's worth every cent because between what, and I've, I think I've doubled down on, I don't know what estimate, uh, episode, Don, but I know that I've doubled down on contracts before somewhere. There will be an episode where I've talked about building contracts, fixed price building contracts, pros and cons, et cetera, et cetera. So go check that out. But um, folks, what you've got to understand too is I need you to go and listen to the episode about fixed price building contracts. Pay attention to the clauses that I've added in there specifically. And you need, that's ours is a 13 page contract. You need to go 
through those 13 pages of the contract, explaining all of the ins and outs and the processes with the client as it relates to latent conditions, as it relates to the uh, change order protocol, um, all of those kinds, all you know, relating to inclement weather, extensions of time, you've got to educate your client around the contract. Now, you would also ask them to go and consult their own legal counsel because you're not a lawyer, you're a builder, you're just trying to help out. The contract is there for your safety and my safety. That's the way I present it. But I would urge them to actually go and talk to their own legal counsel prior to signing. That's okay. So you can see how there is. It's all about work. But remember, we're the guys that mark up by 43% because we have to, not because we're greedy, because the 30% margin is going to help us make a 10% margin. On the next episode, which I've got my trusty post-it note with bullet points already written down here, um, we're going to talk about some KPIs, key performance indicators, and some key metrics within your business to for you to monitor. If you come on board as an elite business client, um, we will talk about those KPIs and key metrics in your business on a weekly basis. If you book that meeting with me um, on a weekly basis, I will want to know what's your sales conversion rate? What is the what is the cash of bank? Like, have we got operational capital? That's what I'm focused on because if you run out of money, your business dies. That's how it works. Okay. Um, you know, I want to know what your gross profit margin is. I, I want to know uh, what the revenue is, you know, the revenue assessment um, for the last 90 days and compare that to this time last year. Like, these are the kinds of things we need to know what your equity position is. You know, what's the over under billings? Do you know that any one point in the month, particularly the end of the month, the money that's gone, you know, that that's that's that you've invoiced for and the bills that you've in, you know, you've got, uh, what's the cash in the bank? Is do you have enough money in the bank to cover it? That. So all of these things is all of this hard work, hard work. Guys and girls, if you want a successful business, Doing things hard first is part of the deal. It's just the way it goes. You cannot negotiate the price of success. And so, look, I'd encourage you to estimate like a, a ninja. Don't get bogged, but you, you've just got to keep working through. Anytime there's a question in your mind, I guarantee it'll be a question in the client's mind, even if they don't know it yet, but they may soon will because they're like, okay, why wasn't that covered in the design and, and quote phase? What's the deal, right? And so, you know, really nail down on that estimating. Get good and get very fluent at building estimates. Start to maybe build templates once you've had a few successful jobs that you've completed. Do not build a template until you can see that the temp that that estimate is good enough because you've executed on site and in the real world. Come back and go, we'll make a few tweaks, but that will actually make a great estimate and a great template for doing kitchens going forward. It's awesome. So work on that. Work on your proposal and how you present that uh, proposal for the quote for scope of work to the client and be sure that you get the right type of contract because if you don't, it won't be worth the paper it's written on. And uh, make sure that when you do go to sign with the client that, you know, some will just say, look, I've had a quick read. It looks fairly above board. I'm happy to sign off. Make sure that you've bound it. Clear front cover, cardboard back cover, nice ring bound, uh, you know, uh, presentation. And here's the deal. One copy for them, one copy for us. We sign both copies, okay? That's how we do it. We don't just get a signed copy, take a check and not give the clients a copy. That's not ethical. Don't do it. Make sure that you've ticked all the boxes and make sure you're doing this in a nice tidy uniform and you don't frigging stink, okay? Because clients, you're in their house, okay? Make sure you don't work in with your stinking rotten boots full of mud and shit 
Make sure when you go to do a presentation, you dress accordingly. I don't know how much more I can say on how to quote a reno, but guys and girls, that's going to wrap up this four-part series on how to quote a kitchen reno. I hope it's been insightful and helpful. Uh, be sure to flick me an email, max at elitebusinessadvisory.com. Go check out the website if you want to get some business coaching insight. Book a consultation with me for 30 minutes. No obligation. We can just shoot the shit about your business specifically. Um, anything else, drop a comment in uh, in the uh, in the section below if you're on YouTube. Maybe give us a rating too. It helps us get the word out to a lot of GCs and builders and you know contractors just like you guys. It helps us get the word around. And I'm telling you, the industry is in dire need of some really good direction for us builders to ensure that we do and are able to build the kind of business that we want to build. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Whenever you listen to this, go build a kick-ass business. I'm Max. I will see you on the next episode. Cheers, big ears.